there are going to be dark days. There are going to be really good days. There are going to be okay days. And there's no right or wrong feeling. There's no really right or wrong way to get through it besides just getting through it. Hi, we are Colleen and Colleen, and we have made it our mission to spread kindness and make everyone feel like they belong. So each week we will share real life stories, motivating insights, and helpful tips that will inspire you to live a kinder, happier life. We believe that together we can make the world a much better place. Are you in? I'm in. Let's do this. Welcome to the You Fit Here podcast. Hi, you guys. It's CB. And CS. And welcome back to You Fit Here. One of the very best parts of our job is hearing and learning from so many people. And we said this way back when we started our Let's Redefine Normal campaign that everybody has a story. And the more people share their stories, the more we can connect with everyone because everyone has a connection on some level. Sometimes we just have to find it. And we have so much admiration for people who choose to share their stories. They have so much courage and so much bravery for, you know, putting it all out there to maybe inspire or help or connect with somebody else. And today's guest is no different. We are totally in awe of her and her willingness to smile and spread positivity after going through the tragic loss of her husband, Sean. So welcome, Emily. Hello. (laughs) We are so excited to have you, though we will be talking about some tough topics. We do want to take a moment and let all of you listeners know that we will be discussing suicide in this episode. So if you or someone you know may be triggered by this, maybe now is the time to turn it off and make sure that if you need to talk to someone, please seek out help. The National Suicide Hotline is 800-273-8255. Please do not avoid talking to someone if you need to. So our guest Emily was in the midst of newlywed bliss when her husband Sean died by suicide. And Emily, this was just over a year ago. Can you take us back to, you know, the beginning and dating your husband and then getting married, all the all the good stuff before your world kind of turned upside down? Yeah, so um I met my husband Sean um Back in 2016, um, we met in the summer and then we started dating like the following January, February time. Um, So um, we dated for about three and a half years uh, before we got married. And um, I knew that I loved him (laughs) and wanted to be with him the moment I met him. He was a very strong personality that I just adored. Um, he was also pretty cute, which helped, but, uh, we immediately got along very well and the rest is history. (laughs) We ended up getting married September, 2019, um, which was the most beautiful, perfect September day in the grand scheme of it, because it was pouring rain most of the day actually, but It was a beautiful day in regards to um, sharing a wonderful day together with our families and loved ones and family friends. So we were able to really enjoy ourselves and have the wedding of our dreams, really. I spent a lot of time getting ready for it, as did he. And 
it turned out to be wonderful. About three months after we got married, so just right into newlywed life, um, Sean took his life December 28th, 2019. And um, I was home. Uh, I was actually kind of out and about that morning. And he hadn't come home, which was odd to me. But I guess I was, I was thinking to myself, oh, he, he stayed at a friend's because he was out with some buddies the night before. Um, the cops came to my house that morning and um, told me what happened. And um, as you can imagine, it was the most shocking news someone could ever receive. He um, had been in his truck and that's where it happened. So uh, on a brighter side, at least, it's not something that myself or one of his loved ones had to walk in on. Um, he battled some things I think that a lot of people didn't really realize because when you would look at him or meet him, he was a very, he was the life of the party. He was a, a very kind soul. He was a very hard worker and um, you really, you would never know that something was wrong unless you really knew him. I mean, he struggled with things like we all do, but never would anyone any of us had imagined that he would take his life. So I had to make some phone calls right away. Luckily, I was meeting a couple of my friends that day. So they came over right away and they were just angels. <laughs> so um, I, I will say their names to my two good friends, Jody and Maggie. And um, without them, I never would have been able to survive those initial moments. Um, right away, I moved back home and took care of odds and ends, of course, and um, his parents were out of town and they came into town right away. And um, my beautiful, beautiful sister lived across the country and she also came into town right away. So right away, it's, it blows my mind, the people that just, just come um, without anything. So both or myself, my parents, in our family and um, Sean's family, we all just had outpour of love and kindness and so many people wanting to help and be there. It's, it's just incredible the kind of army that you receive um, when you go through something so awful <laughs> to say. It's, it's quite beautiful the amount of love you receive and um, just people that show up without you saying anything. Part of me was, you know, I'm, you're dealing with this loss, but then this other part of you wants to take care of the people that are around you. And I almost felt bad that all these people were here and wanted to do things, but I wanted to be able to take care of them too. So it's, it's quite a wild ride. Um, right away, those first few days, um, I remember saying to myself, but then also talking with my family and Sean's family, we all just agreed we did not want to let this break us. And we didn't want to let this define us in a negative way, especially myself. I knew that this was going to be part of my life forever. So I didn't want to have a negative attitude about it. There's a party that just wants to like get over it, get through it. But that's not possible on any journey. All journeys take time and 
you can't just get over something quickly, especially a loss. So I really felt in my core that I was going to make this turn into something good. I remember receiving, you know, you get so much advice and those first few weeks are just so numbing and you don't really, you don't really know what's going on around you, I would say, but you're still, you're still going forward. And that's the important part. And I remember specifically getting a card that the words, there's no way around it besides right through it. And that really spoke to me because it's, 100% true. And that's what I felt deep inside. It's really one day at a time and one moment at a time some days. And I learned you have to, if you need help, you ask for it. It's okay to have bad days, but those bad days kind of get better gradually and you keep, you just keep going. (laughs) Absolutely. You said so beautifully well so many things <laughs> that the outpouring of love you received right off the bat was just this beautiful thing and going through it and it takes time and you want to rush through it but you can't I mean so many things people need to know and need to hear that on the other side of this there's the loss but then it's all the things that come after the loss and it uh, we always say like, I can't imagine it, but we can imagine it. We just have to choose to want to try to imagine it. So when the police showed up at your house and your friend showed up, like, I know though you said those days were numbing right off the bat. Could you actually believe it? Did you think it was just this horrendous nightmare that you were going to wake up from one day or did you know, like. It definitely felt it was, shocking. Um, for days after you just kind of, I mean, I just sat there thinking, wait, is this real? Uh, wait, he's gone. And each morning I'd have to wake up and remind myself what reality I was living in. Live through it all over again. Mm -hmm. That's painful. Mm -hmm. Did, I know you said that people who really knew Sean knew he was dealing with some tough things. Did, did any of it like, I, I don't even, this doesn't sound right. Not that it would ever make sense because what happened doesn't make sense, but did you have any, were there signs or anything to speak no, on? No. And that's what's, um, interesting about his death. His mom and I actually talk about this quite frequently. Um, He was just such a happy personality that unless you really knew that the struggles, I mean, in the past, he did have some struggles um, with confidence and, um, you know, kind of comparing himself to others. But in, in his own life, he was happy. He was content with what he had. And he did love those around him. And I think what was unique about his death is we kind of feel that he was not really planning it. It was more um, kind of a last minute decision on decision that happened. Um, It probably all becomes too much in that moment. I mean, we could sit and try and think like, 
how does one feel when this happens? What really are the signs? What's the breaking point? We've talked with our friend Adam about this because he attempted suicide as a teenager and he was on our podcast a few times. And, you know, it's so hard to try to get into someone's head and think like, what really was going on? Like, what was the tip of the iceberg? Colleen has mentioned before that her brother-in-law, who also died by suicide, but chose to take her sister's life, like, she would have never guessed that. Like, how do the people left behind then put all the puzzle pieces together? I feel like it's an impossible thing that people never stop trying to do. And that's that's the hardest thing about a suicide is you're left with so many questions and unanswered things that just keep circling around in your mind. And that's what leaves a lot of the despair and shock because no one ever truly expects most deaths, I would say. And especially a suicide when you don't really have any warnings of someone's personality uh, before they take their life. Wow. I can't, I can't. Wow. The, the interesting thing after is, um, I'm very open about it, but I saw, a. have been seeing a therapist pretty soon after, and she was able to help me kind of learn about a little bit more about his personality and um, kind of maybe what went through his mind. And I think that's, again, the hardest part is, you know, we're all so different and we're all wired so differently that you really don't know what goes through somebody's mind on a daily basis, but also leading up to their death. Mm-hmm. Well, and the suicide rates are so astronomically high. Yeah, right now, especially. Especially right now. And then it's just the number of people who have this internal feeling or thinking or like hidden version of themselves that they, I don't know, maybe are too scared to share or just there's just so many ways you could think about it or try Mm -hmm. to make sense of it. And it's just so devastating that people feel that that is the best outcome for them. That's what's hard too, is you know that they don't typically think about, you know, those around them. Um, So that's why we're all there are so many questions afterwards because you think to yourself, well, why, why would they let this happen? Why would they want to do this to me? But really that's not, it's not intended to hurt anybody. Um, I think most people would want to take it back, (laughs) but unfortunately we are left with all those questions. So it's, that's, what's part of the grief journey also is getting through those different emotions. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that shortly after his parents and you decided that this wasn't going to like cast this negative light on your life, you were going to, you know, do something with it. How I can't imagine as a parent, I keep saying I can't imagine, I need to try to imagine as a parent losing your child that way. And I mean, they have to be so grateful for you and vice versa, I'm sure, but. (laughs) They, um, they are incredible. I, I 
truly believe they were meant to be a part of my life. Not, you know, obviously getting married, you know, you have, get your in-laws, but I truly believe that they are meant to be a part of my life from here on out. Just the way we all connect and the way, um, our, my family gets along with them and they're truly wonderful people. And it's, it's, it's kind of neat to see now how we've all really grown. And um, I'm very close with his parents and his siblings and their spouses and the kids. So it's, it's been a really neat opportunity to get to know them on another level. And I, I will always carry them very close to my heart. I think that's so beautiful. And the conversations that you must be having now that are just so open when you could have had a different outcome and almost not wanted a reminder of Mm -hmm. that part of your life and shut it off. But instead you're choosing to embrace it and have these conversations together and move forward together. I think that's, uh, I mean, in my mind, the most healthy thing that you all can be doing to honor him and move forward the best that you guys can. When you decided that you didn't want to have that kind of define that negative moment in your life, how did you guys talk about like making this more of your story, like going through it and healing from it and choosing to find, I don't want to say the good in the experience. Obviously there is not much good in that experience, but how did you choose to just trudge forward and think positive and smile and see the next day and be happy at some point again in your futures? I think um, I can definitely speak for myself and I feel this pretty to be pretty true for his family as well as um, just seeing the good. I think that is still around us. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I, when I first initially talked to you, I we talked about how there's still beauty, beauty in this life. And, um, despite going through something very tragic there, there are still loved ones around us that we can make memories with, and you still have to show up for the ones that you care about. So in order to do that, you have to just keep going and see the greater picture. Mm -hmm. Um, and believe in the greater picture. Because I'm sure at moments it feels like there is no light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, or like brighter day ahead, but you have to believe and have faith that there will be at some point, even on those dark, dark days. Absolutely. And I think realizing that there are going to be dark days, there are going to be really good days, there are going to be okay days. And you just have, at least for myself, I learned that kind of owning up to those feelings each day and admitting all those feelings to yourself. There's no right or wrong feeling. There's no really right or wrong way to get through it besides just getting through it yourself and together. I love that. I I love that too. Yeah. Colleen said today in a text this morning, I'm not really myself today. And I was like, no, you are. And it's okay to be as you are right now in this moment. And that could be on your horrible dark days or on your best days. And then I would imagine after 
you lost Sean, when you started having those happy times, was there then this sense of guilt that why should I be happy now without him here? Yeah, I did have those moments, um, especially the first couple months after a lot of my friends made a point to make plans with me or go and do things. So I would get out there and have a good time and laugh and enjoy my time with my friends or family. And then you, then I would kind of sit back and think, Oh, wait, wait, Sean's still gone. Um, now I feel kind of bad. And then you do have this sense of guilt just taken over you. Wow. Should I, should I be out having fun? Should I, would he be upset? Should I be crying? <laughs> so it, you kind of have this battle with yourself, but then in reality, they would want, Sean would want me out there having fun. He wants me to laugh. He wants me to have a good time. So it is, it is a little bit of a battle, but then each, each day as time goes on, it gets better and you just, you get stronger. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you, are you still seeing the same therapist Mm-hmm. as you were. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, obviously that is so important and <clears throat> to have something like this happen to you, obviously that seems like the the next step, but I really think everybody should probably seek help in, in that regard, even if it's just to unload or whatever, what, what have you. But um, I can't imagine I'm so sorry, CB. I know we're we're putting a taboo on the not imagining thing, but um, this is not to say that all all suicides are um, predictable because, of course, they're not. Most of them are not. But just having no no signs and it being, you know, just I I am so thankful that your therapist was able to kind of try and explain what might have been going on in his head in a a way that maybe you hadn't thought about that. Is that, do you think that's something that helped you a lot or did it cause you to think about other things or how, how was that experience? It definitely helped me a lot just because she is able to understand the mind on a different level. And, um, she's just a wonderful soul and I'm very thankful that I met her and it was, it's, it was always kind of crazy to me. And it still, it still is kind of crazy to me that she just always knows how to pick apart exactly what I need to hear that day or talk about. And since she was able to kind of pick apart Sean's brain after learning a little bit more about him each, each time we talked, it, it really helped me understand, um, the mind in general and especially Sean's mind, maybe what was going on in his life leading up to his death and the moments of his death. It's just almost remarkable. seems like the wrong way to, but newlyweds, I mean, you're entwined in each other's lives. And yet, I mean, it just goes to show how powerful someone's mind can be. And I can only speak for my brother-in-law and what we honestly just believe that that wasn't him and that that wasn't 
I mean, he had no control over his mind, but it doesn't make it more painful or less painful when you lose someone you love, they're gone. But I just can't help but think that your positivity and the way that you're choosing to live your life could be such a source of hope for people who don't have the outpouring of love and support that you had, which is such a beautiful thing because I'm sure there are people who don't have that. And so, I mean, imagine not having that. And what would you say to someone to find find the good and and learn to live life in in a different way without that person? I mean, because you could be that support. Even just your your words could be their support. One one quote that did get to me um, initially after Sean's death was the last moments of someone's life don't have to define them. So that really, that really spoke to me because that wasn't who he was. That was that act of taking his own life wasn't something he wanted to do to hurt other people. And I believe that to be true for a lot of individuals that take their lives. Um, those last moments have a lot of emotions intertwined and it doesn't have to define who they are and what, what kind of person they were. Um, for those that survive a suicide loss, um, you're never alone because there's always people around you that have experienced something similar or even just a loss in general and you don't have many people around you, you're still never alone. Um, kind of like the that one card that will always stick with my mind forever. It's just ingrained is there's no way around grief besides right through it. And as long as you keep going, I never, I never like to say it'll get better. You know, I just more like to say you just get stronger because each day is a new day and a new chance to, to keep going. Um, through, through everything, my biggest thing was, um, I not only wanted to just keep going, but I really wanted to grow in my mental health, my physical health, my emotional and spiritual health, because health is kind of like a whole thing to me. And I feel that getting through something like I have and experiencing a tragic loss, it gives you a chance to really touch on all those things and get in tune with who you are and how you can overcome a loss through all those aspects of your health. That quote, oh my gosh, it's just the last moments of someone's life don't have to define them. It's just like heart wrenching, <laughs> but it's so beautiful because it's so true. Suicide is so, um, I mean, now it's more talked about, thank God, that it is openly discussed more. Um, so people don't feel alone. And if they are the survivor of a suicide or someone who's having these thoughts, they don't feel alone or by themselves. But there is such a negative energy around suicide or even just the phrases of it just make you feel so I don't know, heartbroken sad, and sad, yeah. Sad and it's just takes on a whole different level than maybe just like a 
slowly progressing disease or even just like a car accident, like a tragic accident, there's just another layer to that type of death. And I think that saying the last moments of their life don't have to define them is just such a gorgeous way to celebrate their life and not just focus on the period that ended their life. You know, it's like, I'm sure you will, people will say, oh, Emily's husband, you know, he died by suicide or whatnot. And it's, it has to be so much more than that for the people left behind because their life was so much more than that final act. And your life with him was so much more than that moment that you found out. And I hope people can remember to not, while we want to talk about it, of course, and spread awareness and prevention, we don't want to overshadow someone's full, beautiful life because of how they die. Absolutely. That's just a beautiful thing that you said. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, sharing Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. I love how you talked about your health because there's so many people left behind and they have to carry on and survive every single day losing the people that they love, whether it's death by suicide or a tragic accident or old age. There's always people left behind and how everyone can get through that, I'm sure is different. But I know you said a therapy and you had friends were there any other set things? Did you have like, you know what, a set reading or journaling or exercise or just something that you know religiously when you're in kind of your darkest moments that you can use to ride through them and not try to escape them or distract yourself? I think the biggest things for me were um, I journaled a ton. And that was a family friend of ours that had experienced a loss and she told me to try it. And at first I kind of thought, okay, well, I'll try it, but we'll see. And it ended up being huge for me because you can just open up and write down every single feeling you're having. And it's, it's a way to sort through a moment that you're having, whether it's a happy moment or a dark moment. Another thing that was huge for me was exercise. Um, it's just another release and a way to kind of sound out everything else. Mm-hmm. That's one of the hardest things too after ex- after experiencing his loss is um, learning how to do everything again and getting into a whole new routine. That was probably the biggest shocker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like you said, when you said I go out with friends and then all I thought of when you said that was, but then when you got home, like that's the first place my mind would go is like, then you get home. And is that the reminder? Like, oh, wait, I'm starting over, not starting over, but now I'm doing all this alone. I was starting to build this life with someone and now they're not with me anymore. And I guess is that I would think of it as too much of a mountain to climb to just think of it that way that I have to do this all by myself now and start over and whatnot. So how do you 
take those steps to, wow, I have to figure all these things out alone or Sean maybe took care of this in life and now I have to take care of it. Like, how are those baby steps of learning to be without someone? Um, I have to say it again, but it's just day by day. And yeah. um, I'm a big list person. So yeah. if there was a moment that I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed of things I needed to take care of, I would write everything down. And that's like the logistical things when it came to um, bank stuff and vehicles yeah. and that, those kinds of things. Um, but then when it came to stuff where he'd be with me or he took care of this, um, you just do it. <laughs> I yeah. don't know how else to say it. There were times that, you know, I'd get invited somewhere and he would be my plus one. So I, I did have one of my good friends. She was pretty much my main plus one. She would go everywhere with me. And, um, we always still do that, but she was always like, all right, well, where are we going now? Where, where do you need me? Where should we go? And so it's nice having people that can go with you. And even, even if you want to tackle it by yourself, that's okay. It's just important to take those baby steps. And some of those baby steps might just be getting up for the day and combing your hair or big ones like attending an event with by yourself without your plus one. So there are such things as baby steps, but that doesn't mean that they're small steps. Um, right. You're right. still making progress. Yeah. Every little, every little moment that you are surviving without that person is progress. I have to ask this. Um, was there anything, be it like a t-shirt or a quote or a favorite movie line of Sean's that has maybe even helped you since his passing? Like, um, almost like if you hear it, you know, it's a sign that, you know, just, is there anything that makes you think of him in terms of motivation or? <laughs> yes. Know? Um, well, something about Sean is he was in a very, he was a very strong personality and he saw things very black and white. And that's one of the things myself and those around him really loved about him. He was also the life of the party most, <laughs> most days. And he had a very fun personality. So one of the biggest things, and um, I hear often are songs, and he loved the song Safety Dance by Men Without Hats. I don't know if you know that song, but um, it's just kind of like a party song. What is it, from the 80s maybe? <laughs> and so um, he loved that song, and he would always dance to it, and um, it just makes me smile when I hear it now. And I, I love, I love that. <laughs> I love I that love too. That. <laughs> so much. That's perfect. So we have to talk about, you said how you are so connected with your in-laws mm -hmm. and shortly after Sean's passing, you decided to get a puppy. Mm -hmm. and you have to tell us, well, what you told me earlier about sweet little mango. That you brought home. Yes. So um, about a month or so after his passing, his mom and I got the opportunity to get two puppies from a local breeder. Um, 
who breeds Labradoodles. And so we both took the opportunity and we got siblings from a litter. Aww. So I got I got Mango and then um, Sean's mom got her brother and his name is Sunshine. Oh. <laughs> so there are little Mango and Sunshine. They bring a lot of light into our lives. They love each other. They get along very, very well and they keep us connected too. We get them together pretty frequently. So I feel very fortunate that we get to see each other pretty often, um, if not once a week, every couple of weeks. And go through it together. It's like just this beautiful physical bond that you have over something. You know, it's like you're going through raising a puppy together. They're forever going to be connected and it gives you that permanent connection to his family, which is your family. You know, it's your, your family. And I just, my heart just about burst out of my chest when you told me that they were siblings and that you did it together. I think it's just such a beautiful showing of you guys growing and going through this together. You're not alone. You're doing it with each other. Yeah, I like that you said that I I never really thought of it as a symbol of our growth, but I really like that you said that and it's it's fun. It's we've definitely had a blast raising them together and um we adore them. Everyone adores them in the family. They they definitely keep us entertained. I just can't help but think since you were married just 3 months, which was I mean, that's, uh, but if he, if he was going to go, at least his family got you and what a blessing that you are choosing because that could be, I would imagine that would be really hard, a really hard thing to do, but I'm sure they feel so blessed to have you in their lives. They, I feel very lucky that we were very close before our wedding. They live 10 minutes from my family. So it right off the bat, we were pretty close. He was close with my family. I was close with his family. So um, especially after his passing, we've just grown tremendously together and our relationship has gotten so much closer. I call them my bonus family and they call me their bonus child. So um, at least through something so tragic. We've been able to have each other through it all. And I think that's what we're all very grateful for. Absolutely. And especially the time frame of it, because that happens in December and then suddenly the world shut down. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you oh probably could have in a regular year found so many distractions and ways to, you know, avoid feeling and avoid going through it, like you said, but it's almost like, was COVID a blessing in disguise that like, even if there were moments you wanted to not go through it and go around it and get away from it, that you kind of couldn't, you had to slow down and just face each day as it came at you. I've thought about that actually, because initially it was so shocking. It, it was like, wait, so this happened, but now the whole world is shut down. 
can we win at all? So it was difficult initially, but um, it did give us kind of a chance to really dig into our grief and um, just get through it. Um, I don't know if it was, I do think it was maybe a little bit of a blessing in disguise because um, in general, I don't think any of us really wanted to go out and about anyway with how difficult it was, but it did give us a chance to really spend time together and get through the hard days on a more calm note together. Yeah. And not see, you know, like the world moving at its crazy fast pace around you while you just, you know, like you said, want to go through this to get like slow, you need to go through it. And it's almost that feeling of like, well, the world's kind of all slowing down too with us. Like it right. has to, everyone's pausing right now. Right. And I think that's one of the most difficult things when you go through a loss is you see everyone around you going forward and you feel stuck in your place and you're not really sure how to also move forward. That was something that I really struggled with initially. And, um, I did disconnect myself from social media for that reason. And, uh, that, that was helpful for myself. Not that that might not work for everybody else, but for me, I needed to kind of just focus on myself and those around me. So once I was able to do that, it does give you a chance to really move forward with your life rather than looking at everyone else's and comparing yourself. Yeah. yeah and like where you think your grief should be versus where it is versus where you want it to be. And I, you said way back, back at the beginning that at first you just want to like rush through it and like be done with it. I want to be done grieving now, but that's not ever going to happen. You know, people can't just force that to happen, but especially when you're seeing and comparing your life to other people, I mean, there really is no good that comes from comparison. And when you said the thing about Sean, one of his things was comparison at times. It's, it's just such a negative thing in the world that we live in because we are so social media heavy and all these things. And it's just can be such a bad thing if we let it be a bad thing. And I know there's great things that come out of social media, like me and Colleen meeting and us meeting mm-hmm. you now, Molly. Um, but hopefully people do make wise decisions. Like you made the decision to disconnect from it. And I think people need to know you have permission to do so also because I'm sure when you lost Sean, so many people want to keep up with you and be like, how's she doing? What's she doing? What's going on? I remember after Shannon died, just the outrageous outpouring of people wanting to know, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think that's human nature. They want to know and they want to know how that person's doing and handling things. And it almost puts that responsibility on the person who's grieving to like give the update, to tell them everything. And sometimes people don't, you don't owe that to somebody else when you're just trying to, you know, get to the next day. And I don't know, I just feel like it's one of those weird things in the world we live in. And I think it's wonderful that you chose 
what was best for you and did it your way instead of letting the pressure of being responsible for other people climb into your grief that you were in. Thank you. Yeah. No room, no (laughs) room for them. Only men go. (laughs) Yeah. So that, well then that's when I did start my, I made my new Instagram and it mostly shows hers and mine adventures. I love that. <laughs> we'll share some pictures of Mango right with you. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure she really does bring you some joy. My youngest daughter brought home, um, she brings home library books and they're usually like, they're books about dogs, but they're not like mm-hmm. uh, fiction books. They're like facts and they're, they're not short either. And this week she brought home a book about boxer dogs. <laughs> Uh, so I learned a lot about boxers, but um, on one of the pages, it talked about boxer dogs being therapy dogs. And and so, of course, we talked about that. And Maddie said, like, Rachel is like our therapy. Like when everybody else is being mean, we can always count on Rachel to be nice. And I was like, kind of, <laughs> but it's so true. Even when she's bugging, all it takes is like a hug from the dog. <laughs> Or or CB can send you, send you four straight dog TikToks to wake up to. <laughs> They're so joyous. <laughs> it really is true. If you have not experienced the like unconditional love of a pet, I just don't know. You don't understand what you're missing. It's just this beautiful bond you have with an animal who does not care what you're doing, what you're wearing, anything. (laughs) They just want to love you and be near you. So Mango is all that and more for you. Yes, she is. I'm just so happy you have Mango. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And that does not discount that puppies are a lot of work. Yes. (laughs) All of our listeners. But, you know, did that give you that, I don't want to say project, but like, love and responsibility for someone to take care of we always say like when you're having a bad day what should you do you should go do something for someone else or like help someone else does that give that layer of responsibility for another life so much more to your life yes 100 percent does it just initially having to you know get up in the middle of the night with her and sleep by her little crate so she could, you know, get through the nights. It really creates a bond between us and it gave me something to focus on. Not that it completely distracted me, but it gave me a chance to kind of love on something and give me something to focus on. And so her and I just created this crazy cool bond and it's, it's nice having, um, it's nice just having her to come home to, and she's always up for any adventure. She just wants to be with me, and it makes daily life a lot of fun, and it also gives you accountability. So, yes, I was going through this grief, and hard days were happening, but I still had this other life that depended on me to get up every day, take her outside, feed her, walk her, and that was really helpful because it did help keep me going. That's beautiful. hmm I feel like it would be a hard thing for a lot of people at any stage, especially after going through something like what you went through. 
But if you can, and and it's like looking for the good is mango was was the good, and maybe not a total distraction, but something to focus on and some someone to love. So I think that's beautiful. I think that would be the best advice ever. But well, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to say it. You said it. I did say it. I just but yeah to have that purpose and accountability. I love that you said that word accountability because it's almost like accountability to yourself too. That like my life is still going to go on and matter and mean something after everything I've been through, you know. And I'm just curious because so often when people pass then people all start reaching out like, well, my sister passed or my brother or my parents and whatnot. And they want to connect with you on that level. But has that happened to you at this point where then you have this personal responsibility for their story as well when you're just trying to get through your story Um, or not? Sometimes I wouldn't say it happens as much now, but initially you would hear more stories of different losses that people were experiencing. And it's hard because I'm somebody that I want to be there for other people. But then when you're also going through something on your own, it makes it a little bit harder. So um, it was difficult at times, but it was also eye-opening to learn the different losses that others have faced. Um, It proves to show that everyone is going through something and everyone has has stuff going on that you might not know. And that's why I feel it's just important to be kind in general. And I always would try my best to be an open ear. And if I really couldn't do it, then um, I would maybe distance myself a little bit. But I never really had any awkward or uncomfortable situations with people trying to connect with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the way you put that, that everyone has a story and it just opens your eyes to all of us have stuff, you know, everyone's stuff might look a little bit different, but we all have it. And the more you're willing to talk about it, even in a journal to yourself, talk about it to that piece of paper or talk about it to a therapist or a friend and lean on each other and go through it and maybe hold someone's hand while you go through it and take those big, huge, life-changing baby steps, which are not baby steps at all. But the more we're willing to do that with each other and not feel like we have to do it alone, I think is what everyone needs to remember because all of us in different parts of our life are going to experience highs and lows and horrible things and great things. And we just always need to remember that we're all human. Absolutely. Emily, you're wonderful. Very, very wonderful. And I think you've this is only one year, you know, this is still so new for your life and your world. And I think that you just have such a beautiful mindset of I'm going through it and it's not always going to be easy and that's okay. 
and it's not always going to be awful and that's okay. And I'm still going to try to just be kind and smile and love on mango. And (laughs) you're, you're just amazing. I think it's, I think a lot of people are going to be inspired by your story for sure. Thank you. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share my story. Um, I know I told you when I first talked with you that I just fell in love with your podcast and your clothing company right off the bat because it, it shared, both of them shared how I felt just with being kind, living gratefully and spreading joy onto others and happiness because life can be happy all the time. It doesn't always have to be bad. So true. So true. So true, Emily. I love that. And just out of curiosity, did you find out about us because you got our Keep Going hat as a gift? Um, So initially my friend did tell me about it and I was like, okay, okay, yeah, I'll I'll look into it. And then it, it was pretty soon after Sean's passing. And then my friend mentioned it again and then she did buy me the hats. And Aww. I was like, oh wait, I was like, I really like, I really like this. And she always wears your clothing. And I'm like, I really like that shirt. Where did you get that? And it's always every time. So um, it was finally when I took took the chance to really dive in maybe last summer. um, That's when I started listening to your podcast and getting some of the clothing items. And um, I tell everyone about it too. So it's fun. They're always conversation pieces, especially all the different sayings. And um, I love giving them as gifts also. So it's, it's a lot of fun to, to share every day. (laughs) This is why we do what we're doing and why we're so enamored by people who share their stories and inspire us because we're just all so connected by some of the simplest things. And it's just a really beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, what I like about those messages is it's not always, um, might not be something for someone else, but at least a reminder for yourself that day. And um, again, that's what was fun when I initially looked at your website and my friend was showing me and I was like, wait, but I like these. This, this is how I feel. This is, I want to wear this. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And I, I think it's important to convey those kinds of messages to people. And um, you don't always have to wear a t-shirt or, but just even sharing those comments with other people and um Clothing just makes it a little bit more fun sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Just living that way. You're such an embodiment of so many of the things. And your story, no doubt, and yourself are just going to inspire the next messages that come out. Because I just think when we treat each other as humans and that we are all so intertwined, like unbelievably intertwined in this world, that we can connect and help each other and, you know. I don't want to say get through life together because that sounds a little depressing, but like live life together. It's mm-hmm. really a beautiful thing. Yeah. When I like that. We celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah. People will find more compassion in their hearts after tuning into this one, I think. Um, Absolutely. Because a couple of things you said kind of made me think about that. Just I'll, maybe I'll share with you another time, but um You have a beautiful way of balancing things in your life. And maybe I have just gotten into the Karate Kid and I'm learning a lot about balance. 
but that's not why I thought of it. I thought of it because when you're talking about those those pieces and being sound in different spaces of your life, there's just not a lot of people who take the time to do that, let alone people who are rebuilding their lives and are already balancing so many other things. And I think it's beautiful and inspiring. And if you can have compassion in your heart for other people and their stories with what you've been through, then it will no doubt inspire people to have more compassion for other people in their lives. So thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you very much. Is there any last little nugget you could give to anyone listening who might be, you know, a survivor of a circumstance like this or any loss in general? It could be a person or a job or just anything that you're going through, like anything that you live by and feel that they could benefit from. First, I would have to say again, um, you, there's no way around it besides right through it and that you're never alone. And then something that I like to live by is just waking up with a grateful heart and attitude and it makes life a little bit sweeter there's always something to be grateful for and we can all get through this again, not get through, but we can all celebrate this life together and celebrate each other for all the highs and lows that we experience. I love that. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much, Emily. Thank, Thank you guys. You. Oh, this was so much fun. I could sit and talk to you guys all day. <laughs> I know. I just want to talk about how tiny your puppy was when you got her. She's like, yeah, this. she was so little. and emily where can people follow along or reach out to you and see sweet pictures of little mango so they can keep up with you you can go check out my instagram i do have an instagram about her and i about all of our different adventures and daily events for us so my instagram is mango and me 13 on Instagram. Uh, we have been stalking it all day long. And thank you so much for being so willing to share your story. You're a beautiful human and you are definitely going to help people who go through everything that they go through in life. Thank you, CB and CS. And thank you everybody for listening to my story. Oh, we love you, Emily. Thank you. <laughs>